If there's anything we should have learned in 2020, it's that people see things not as they are, but they see things as they are, as individuals. I see things as I am. You see things as you are. Those rioting in the streets in the United States and around the world see things as they are. Uh, Those that are scared to death to leave the house because of a, a virus that the media originally called a quote-unquote deadly virus, but has a fatality rate comparable with the flu. Uh, Those people scared to leave their house, see things as they are, and the examples are endless. You know, a slight tilt in common sense, logic, and reasonable deduction can cause us to get very off course when we compound that over a period of time. Slight, slight tilts can get us way off track. Unfortunately, many times this slight tilt, it's so unrecognizable in our day-to-day life that we never discover it uh, for years and years, or maybe never, you know, or way, way, way down the road. You know, when we look back at some of the crossroads we faced in life, that at the time, We didn't even know they were crossroads. You know, Zig Ziglar used to talk about this. He would tell a story about a pilot who gets in the cockpit, sets controls on the airplane, and if it's just a little bit off, little bit off, and and you're trying to fly from New York to California and your tilt, it's just a little bit off. Your settings are a little bit off. You're going to end up in another country or in the middle of the ocean somewhere with just a slight, slight, slight tilt. But that compounded over a period of time makes a huge difference. Uh, You know, Jeff Olson writes about this in the book, The Slight Edge Principle. I'm sure it's part of many of of the people that listen to this podcast. It's part of your library. Uh, And if it is, this time of the year may be a really good time to reread this book and really think about, you know, where is your compass set? Uh, In this week's session, I'm going to share with you what I'm calling the five MLM money mindsets. And I hope by the end of this session, you'll have a very clear understanding of where your personal MLM money mindset is right now. And if it needs to be changed, that you'll make the mindset change immediately. Uh, I don't want to get down the road. I don't want you to get down the road 40 years like I have and then have a sudden realization that your money mindset has been slightly tilted. I'm going to share with you the slight tilt that uh, I've had my entire life. I'm going to share with you... uh, This, because I know many of you listen to this podcast, uh, recognize that you have a tilt, but you probably don't recognize it at the level that you really need to. You know, I didn't. I knew it was there, but I didn't confront it at the level that I should have confronted it years ago. And I'm hoping those of you that need to confront yours will do so after you hear this podcast And fortunately for many of us, there's still time to correct the shift to get our plane on a straight path towards our desired destination. 
And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast, understanding your personal MOM money mindset. Welcome to the MLMsuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small-town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dale Calvert. I hope you've had an awesome week. I sincerely wanted to just say again, I appreciate a lot of the emails of support I've received from many of you around the world over the past couple of weeks. You know, there's an old saying that it's darkest before the dawn, and I feel like for me personally, that's really a good description of how I'm feeling right now at this point in my life. Uh, I am looking at more opportunity around me than I can ever remember at any time in my life. And I sincerely believe it's because of the question that I asked myself back in October, November of last year. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in this session. But the challenge is when you see opportunity everywhere you look, it can really become frustrating. And when you've personally clarified your personal money mindset yourself, you've got that. You understand what your personal money mindset is, which is what we're going to be talking about. And then everyone around you seems to be slightly off tilt and not even realize the negative compounding effect that tilt can have on their life. I mean, really, guys, most of us are living with people all around us that were programmed and have programmed perceptions that were put in their mind by authority figures, parents the culture in which they were raised by the time they were 12 years old. And then they've spent their entire life just reinforcing those program perceptions. Whether they're based in reality or not, it doesn't really matter. You know, most people in professions, professional people, and a lot of times I'm talking about doctors, lawyers, et cetera, et cetera, many of those people, and I have a good friend, you know, that made the decision, you know, when they were in the sixth grade, what their career was going to be. I mean, I have a friend that's a uh, pediatric uh, physician uh, in the sixth grade. He decided he was going to be a doctor. And I can remember after him going through 10 years of of school and training and internships, and we went on a hiking trip out in uh, Washington uh, climbed a mountain, Mount Horab, I think is the name of it, out in Washington uh, with another uh, high school buddy. And I can remember sitting about around the campfire, and he said, Dale, he said, I cannot believe that 
I decided in the sixth grade to become a doctor. And every day for the rest of my life, you know, I love working with these children and working with new newborns and babies. But every day, all day long, I hear kids crying in my ear all day long. And again, it was (laughs) that decision was made when he was in the sixth grade. So. Uh, again, we all see people as we are, as they, it, we all see things as we are. We all make decisions and then we stand by those decisions. Sometimes they're beneficial, sometimes they're not. But if you stay with me this week in this session, I believe this will be a paradigm shifting session for many of you. Uh, before we get much into this session, uh, I'm just curious if you guys have seen what has happened to Bitcoin this week. Uh, I think it was around 15K last week when we briefly mentioned that I felt like it was really getting ready to break out. Uh, I talked about that briefly in last week's session. And at the time of this recording, I think it was around 18.2 this month eight, or this week. Uh, it's grown, really grown this week, uh, really taken off, really projected forward. Uh, it's had huge growth. And if you invest in Bitcoin as a store of value, much like you would gold or silver or precious metals, um, I know you're keeping an eye on it. And if you're not, if you've been thinking about it, uh, I would spend some time and try to get educated if you can on just the entire crypto market, because I think it's going to just get crazy here over the next year or two. Uh, I hope I've made it real clear that I don't believe in crypto business opportunities. Uh, you don't need a business opportunity to invest in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, but I do believe investing, uh, as, again, as you would any store of value like gold or silver or precious metals. Uh, another interesting note that I'll just share with you guys, uh, I may have mentioned this on a podcast before, I'm not sure, but about 15 months ago, I started buying up Kobe Bryant uh, Tops rookie cards. Uh, I was buying all I could get my hands on for fifty dollars each, and the reason I've always done that, I always look at who's getting ready to go in the Hall of Fame next year and start buying those cards. I've done that. That's been a real simple, easy to do investing strategy for years. So I knew that the sports card market was gaining momentum, and again, years ago, my brother and I had a sports card and memorabilia shop. So I've been in that that world um, for most of my adult life. And I've always, again, tried to invest in players that I knew would be going into the Hall of Fame next year. Just a real simple investment strategy. So, you know, I started buying Kobe rookies about 15 months ago. And it, it was prior to his tragic death back in January 26th of this year. So after going on this quick buying spree this summer, this past summer, the summer before last, 15 months ago, uh, and I w- actually it wasn't the summer. It was at the end of the fall, 15 months ago. But this summer in July, I, I took profits on some of those cards, and I actually sold them for $500 you know, 10 times my initial investment. You know, so 15 months ago, I started buying them up. Then this summer, 
I sold a few for five hundred dollars. It's like ten x. I'm taking my profits, and that's the good news. The bad news is last week on eBay, a Kobe Bryant tops rookie PSA ten. That's the grading, which is what I have, what I've been buying, what I bought. Okay, it sold for ten thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars. Say, Dale, what are you talking? I'm saying 15 months ago, I was buying these cards for $50. This summer, I sold some for $500. $500 a card. Took 10 times my, made 10 times my money. I'm happy with that. But that $500 card that I was selling last week, last week, one sold for $10,995 on eBay. Now, so the good news again is I didn't sell all of mine and I still have some. I still have some. So that's the good news. So again, we live in a world where there's more opportunity around me than I can ever remember. I sincerely believe it's because of the question that I asked myself in October, November last year. Uh, we'll talk more about that later in this session. And take a good, large, long, hard look, I hope, that we will help you do that, of your personal MLM slash entrepreneurial money mindset. Understand your personal money mindset. This is something I've never talked a lot about over the years, except with some of our private Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy members. You know, talking about mindset and talking about the stages of business, the grind, the duplication, uh, the exit or the uh, retirement, semi-retirement stages you can get into in, with the network marketing. If, if you business model, if you build a team, you build it correctly based upon systems. Uh, frankly, it's something uh, the money mindset is something I've been personally uh, consciously trying to work myself through over the years. The bad news is I never took it serious enough. I, I was aware, but I never took it serious enough to really get my mind programmed the, where it needed to be and really spend some thought on this subject. And it really wasn't until this week that this philosophy has been fully formed in my own mind, but I think this will really speak to many of you, what I want to share this week. So if you can stay with me through this session, I hope that I'll be able to pull some seemingly maybe unrelated thoughts together and give you a personal personal awareness regarding your MLM money mindset that will serve you well on your entrepreneurial path. Really, it's not as much a... MLM money mindset is as it is a personal and entrepreneurial money mindset. I just call it MLM money mindset because if you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance, you know, you're actively involved right now building a network marketing team. However, you know, this philosophy applies to all people involved in any free enterprise, entrepreneurial endeavor, all people. So, what created this is last week I had a conversation with a lady that is with a company that's been around 
Uh, they've been around over 20 years, maybe over 30 years. And it's a great company. It's one that I've always uh, kind of admired from afar. You've probably, there's a good chance that you've never heard of it. Uh, but I respect and admire it. Uh, I actually did a review on this company uh, over at TrueMLMReviews.com. So I'm not going to share the name here publicly because it really doesn't matter. It really is not part of the story. But it's a really good, solid company, really good products. Uh, but they've never really created any kind of momentum, and, they're n- and they never will. It's not going to happen. With It's just not going to happen. So this lady had contacted me because she wanted to join – our Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy. Our, and the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy is closed. Uh, I opened it one time. I think we've replaced, we accepted 20 people. We had close to 80, 60, 80 applications. Uh, when we opened it, I've replaced, I think, three people with people on the waiting list. Uh, it's I have 20 people, 20 members. I have a waiting list. And honestly, at this point, it's it's not something that I have plans on opening again. Uh, it was for that time and place in history. We opened it. I've got some phenomenal people from multiple countries around the world, uh, most of which are full-time earners, leaders in various companies. And it is what it is. And again, life is an evolution. Everything changes and bobs and weaves. And I've got some phenomenal people. And uh, But I have no plans of really focusing on reopening that down the road. However, when we talked, you know, we're talking and it's like this. She's with an awesome company, but it's the wrong time. Uh, they're never going to create any significant growth or momentum or incomes for leaders. Uh, so as I'm talking to her and, and she's calling, it's like, why did you call? Because even on the website, it says, you know, fill out the form. We'll let you know. We'll put you on a waiting list. And this lady had looked me up and called me. And in talking with her, I kind of felt led uh to just ask her if she was open to taking a look at the three-minute video we have over at APLGoUSA.com. And this lady, we'll just call her Mrs. Long, was very intelligent, a great communicator. She'd been a, or she is a traditional business owner, has been her whole life. She was also a real estate broker. I'm guessing she was probably in her mid-40s based upon uh, the ages of her children. And she is what I would call a miscredibility uh, in a small town of about 50,000 people. Uh, I mean, just genuinely a perfect prospect. And she was really into her company, her products, but not really into the whole MLM scene, so to speak, which I love people like that, just an entrepreneur-minded, business-minded person. And she'd been working on building a team in her company for a little over five years. 
uh, her niece had actually shared the products with her. She got great results and then got interested in the business. Again, many of your best business builders will start out as satisfied customers. Uh, so in our conversation, she uh, shared that she'd been in to uh, hadn't missed a company event since she started. Uh, she shared that her upline in the company had been there since the very beginning when they launched, uh, that they were full-time, that their best year they made about 129000 but their income had dropped below 100000 a year. And she's just sharing and we're talking. So when I told her I had no plans of accepting new members into the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy, for sure, in the near future, and I asked her, you know, are you willing to take a look at a three-minute video over three-minute video over at aplgousa.com? Uh, uh, it's something that we're that we're building and building strong and sold out about. And will you go take a look at it? I think it might be something for you. And she said, "Well, I'm really not open to looking at another opportunity because this year." And this was her words, this year I'm finally having success. And I said, well, that's awesome, Miss Long. What's happened for you this year? And in my mind, I'm thinking, what have you done this year that you haven't done in the past? Or, you know, is there some type of, is there, is there something that's made a really huge difference for you this year? And she said, <laughs> she said, I can cover the cost of all my all the products I use and cover my expenses for all the comp all the company conventions and ev- and events. So she said, "This year I'm finally having success." And I said, "That's great. You know what's going on? What's what's different this year?" She said, "This year I can cover the cost of every product I use and all my expenses to the company events and conventions that I attend." Five and a half years, and I said. I beg your pardon? And she said it again. She said, I can cover the cost of all the products I use and cover uh, the the expenses to the company conventions and all the events that I attend. You know, over the years, I've heard statements from like this, from very intelligent, business-minded people. I've heard those type of statements most of my career. But this time, for whatever reason, I really heard it. I really heard it. Did you really hear it? I mean, the only experience I can relate this to is when, you know, I heard Jim Rohn do three basic laws live for the very first time. After hearing that audio hundreds of times and then seeing him live and how that concept got from my head to my heart where I just got it. And it's and it's the only audio, and I say this, I feel like every week, but it's the only one that I tell people, don't listen to it, memorize it. So I'm listening to this intelligent, entrepreneur-minded, traditional business owner, real estate broker, and there was just such a unbelievable disconnect. I mean... This was a very sharp lady, but for some reason, when she, you know, this hit me like a ton of bricks. 
And when she said that, and I said, Miss Long, can can you ask? Can I ask you a really important question? And I said, when you joined the business five and a half years ago with your niece, why did you join? What were you hoping to accomplish? I'm just curious. And she said, well, I suppose my real goal was to be able to help people, which everybody says that, and real leaders all feel that, and I believed her. She said, my real goal was to help people and sell my salon and my restaurant. That's a couple of businesses that she owns. And give myself some time freedom because I'm planning on having a lot of grandkids to play with. And I said something. I said, is that something that you'd still like to accomplish? Is that something you still want to do? And she said, absolutely. And I said, look, I know you're really busy and you got a lot going on. But could you spend 10 to 15 hours a week of focused time on your business? And she said, well, I'm doing that now. And I'm thinking, what? She said, I'm doing that now. So just kind of a side note for you guys. Um, last week's session, session 208, you know, what was the title of that? Some of you, many of you I know listen to that, but it's like you are or you're not. You are or you're not. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm not saying this, but I'm thinking to myself, what in the world are you doing 10 to 15 hours a week? If you're already spending that, what are you doing? Are, are you spending it on income-generating activities? Are you spending it wisely? So I'm having this internal conversation with myself. I'm talking to her on the phone. I, I mean, this lady was sharp, sharp, sharp. But how can somebody that sharp be excited that after five and a half years, she can pay for her product and all the company conventions and events she can get to? And, and, and say, say, this year I'm finally having success and, and, and give that a definition of success. I guess the only way is if she looks at all the other people around her in that company, most of which are spending more every month on the products than they're making in the business, I guess. So, again, session 208, if that struck a nerve, that's last week, and if you haven't heard it. And then, so the next thing I said, well, listen, are you teachable? And see, I think at this time, she's probably thinking, you know, she's she's thinking about becoming a network marketing leadership development academy uh member so i said i said are you teachable and she said well my problem is i've been through all the network marketing gurus out there none of them know anything about business uh they're exactly as you describe in the no fluff podcast and i've i've been through all the leaders and know all the leaders in my company and I'm teachable, but I've never found anybody that could really help me or teach me much. Uh, I've been through all your podcasts, and that's why I contacted you to begin with. And that's when I said, if you look at a three-minute video and you're willing to become very teachable, I can almost guarantee you that if you give me five and a half years, you can sell your restaurant, sell your hair salon, and create the time, freedom that you want in your life 
for your future grandkids. I said, I can almost guarantee you that if you can, if you can, you know, go check out a three minute video. And I was coming from a very, very value focused place. Uh, you know, when she called, she was, she was ready to send me $5,000 for a year membership into the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy. Right when she called, she was ready to make, to make that happen. That's why she called. But, you know, that's not my focus. I was coming from a real value focus position. I know the company, know the product, know the history, respect it, all the respect in the world, but know that the four stars are not lined up with that company. And I've talked about the four stars in the past. Many of you know what I'm talking about when I say that. She was just in the wrong company at the wrong time in history if she wanted to really create a significant income and duplicating team. And so when I said that, she said, well, Dale, I didn't think you were building teams. And I said, well, when that podcast was recorded, I said, if you go back and look at the dates on that, I said, I stopped that podcast probably, I don't know, two years ago, the No Fluff Network Marketing Podcast, probably quit doing that about two years ago. And I think I've maybe added two or three sessions in the last couple of years. I said, at that time, everything was a lot different than it was, than it is for me now. And I explained the whole Many of you have heard and know that, you know, how how I was getting ready to liquidate everything that I had in network marketing and this APL Go opportunity with all the four stars lined up and dropped in my lap. So I explained all of that. And, and she said, well, you know, I just believe in the products. I have a lot of friends in that company. And I can't even think about this, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a key term, two words. I can't even think about starting over. And honestly, we had a phenomenal conversation, but inter- internally, I just kind of got frustrated with it. I'm thinking, how can somebody this sharp be this so off tilt, unaware? And I probably got internally a little bit frustrated. Uh, I ended the call and told her that I would add her to my Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy waiting list if we ever open it back up. I want to address the concept of starting over, uh, and then I'll get into the 5MM money mindsets with you guys. Starting over is something that is not true. It's not true. And it's a mindset that many people that get involved with network marketing and really work. I mean, they're not just hanging out. They're working. And it usually comes from people that it's their first company. It's their first company. They get in a company, they spend three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, twelve years, and they're working at it and they develop friendships and relationships and uh they're not getting where they're gonna wanna go. They're not gonna ever get where they wanna go. 
because the timing's all wrong and the four stars have not lined up. They don't know that, maybe, but that's the reality of what they're doing. And they they always seem to default to the emotion of, I don't want to start all over. And I didn't feel like even trying to address that on the phone. I get wore out with a lot of stuff. I I, I, I just do. And it's like, choose your battles. This lady, I, I, I thought she was phenomenal. And I'll put her in my eagle file. But I just didn't want to even try to have that commu- that conversation at that at that time, but this mentality, uh, it 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 keeps so many good people, future leaders who could be phenomenal in this profession, from breaking out, getting in the right company at the right time in history, and really impacting their financial future. Yeah, I talked about this at some level, uh, MLMSuccess.com story 195, and the, the title of that session was False Pride Keeps Most Network Markers Broke. And I know that it was not false pride with this lady, but you could also say emotional connections and a slight tilt in thinking keep most network markers broke. And that's what I would say uh, with Miss Long is she had a lot of emotional connections to the product. She'd been to every convention, the people, but she was not going to get where she wanted to go. She joined to give herself time and time freedom, time and money, freedom, time with future grandkids. And after five and a half years of 10 to 15 hours a week, she thinks she's arrived and she's successful because her products are free and she can cover the costs that she, that she incurs when she goes to company events and her national convention. How does someone get that off tilt? And again, I think it, it really does come back to the fact that as human beings, we make decisions based upon emotions so the emotional connection she had, and then we try to justify those emotions. We try to find the facts to justify our emotional mindsets, our emotional tilts. And the facts either back up your, your, your thoughts and your mindsets, or they don't. They don't. But we're such a, we, we make so many decisions just based upon emotions. So just for the record, starting over is is not true. It, it, it's not even a reality. Life and the entire entrepreneurial experience, the entire entrepreneurial journey, uh, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's one conducive journey. Uh, and sometimes you have to travel down the road a little bit before you can really look back and understand what was going on at different points and times in your network marketing entrepreneurial journey. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, the right mentors are so important and can save you years 
of detours that lead to dead ends if you have the right mentor who's got the right focus, who's focused on your success, who has the who's not just talking the talk but has walked the walk. And I talk about that in much detail. And some of you that are listening today, maybe you aren't a regular listener, uh, that session would probably be really good for you to listen to. Who am I following? Where are they taking me? Uh, what was that? It was session 97 of this po- podcast. It was called I-75 Kentucky to Atlanta. Uh it's mlmsuccess.com forward slash story one ninety or story ninety seven. See, so there's a lot of really good people that are in the wrong cultures, the wrong network marketing cultures, but there's also a lot of really good people that create their own barriers in their own minds. I mean, it wasn't that she was in a culture that was over-promising and under-delivering, it was the fact that she created so much of this in her own mind. So when when you're talking to a prospect, and if you're with a company that's got the four stars lined up, and somebody says something about, hey, I hate, I think, I can't think about starting over, you have to, you have to help them realize it's not starting over. See, a lot of people think when I leave this company and go to that company, I'm leaving friends behind. But they don't think about all the new relationships and friendships that will be much stronger and deeper if they're with a more substantial company that has true upside wealth-creating possibilities attached to it. The stronger the opportunity, the stronger the people that it will attract, the stronger the friendships that you'll develop. So they think they're starting over and they don't understand. It's not about starting over. It's about the next, the next step in your entrepreneurial journey. So I just wanted to really clarify that. So let's get into the five MLM money mindsets. I believe that every person, well, I know every person who ever hears this podcast has one of these five MLM money mindsets. It's very important that you clarify your goals and mindsets right now, as soon as you can. I did not do this. Nobody ever told me to do this. This is just something that really is has been lingering throughout my career that, again, I feel like finally I've solidified and I'm excited about it because what I'm getting ready to share with you, I would give anything if somebody had shared it with me when I first started. So it's really important that you clarify your goals and your mindset so that slight edge, that slight tilt doesn't throw you off over the course of your entrepreneurial journey and your career. Now, before we get into this, I accept the fact, granted, there's some of you that are listening to this podcast, you just found it, you know, maybe you're in the evaluation stage of the network marketing business model. Maybe, you know, you're not with a company, you're comparing maybe network marketing with uh, real estate investing or whatever other business model. Uh, and I understand that and respect that. I would tell you whatever you're – if you're in that evaluation stage and you're looking for the right business at the right time for you in your life right now, don't evaluate too long. Uh, some people, uh, they they never can make a decision. 
they 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 never can just say this is the best opportunity for me this is the best culture the best team uh the best business model and make a decision to move forward uh find the business model that's right for you then if it is building a network marketing team find a company where the four stars line up find the right mentor go to work and uh if you don't understand anything i've just said I talk in detail about the four stars lining up. Uh, there's a video on, on YouTube that you can find. It's called The Best Network Marketing Opportunity for 2021 and Beyond. And uh, we'll try to put the link to that in the show notes here. But if it's network marketing, find the right company, right time, right history, where the four stars line up, go to work. So, again, I accept the fact some of you say, well, Dale, I'm not one of those mindsets because – well, if if you're involved in this profession, you you are. But again, I, I accept the fact that every week we have people that have never been involved in network marketing or were involved 10, 15, 20 years ago. They stumble upon this podcast. Cool. I accept that. The rest of you, you're in one of these five primary mindsets. Now, the first, and I'm just going to really try to communicate this. I'm not going to pull any punches. But there's a there's many, not that many, because most of these people don't listen to podcasts. But there, but you you will recognize this in this profession, and you will see it every day, everywhere you look, especially on social media, everywhere that you look, and that is what I call opportunity seekers and network marketing junkies, MLM junkies. Uh, opportunity seekers and network marketing junkies. And most of the time, these people are looking for the foo-foo dust most of the time. And what they end up doing, and some people get in this MLM junkie mindset, looking every day, every week, looking around, joining different affiliate programs, just a constant state of being on the hamster wheel constantly. And I get into much detail about this in a session I did called Tripping Over Financial Independence to Get to Dollars. Tripping Over Financial Independence to Get to Dollars. Uh, you can find that at, ML, uh, at mlmsuccess.com forward slash story 98. And if you've been around this industry six months, or a year or two or three or five or ten and you you're just you're just joining different affiliate programs every week and just in that routine on that hamster wheel there's nothing I can say the rest of this podcast that will help you more than checking out mlmsuccess.com forward slash story 98 and I realize that's not most of you now this is going to be a little tweak And it'll make sense here in a few minutes. But let's look at where I was personally when I did that podcast. Tripping over keywords right here. Financial independence to get to dollars. Okay, that's at momsuccess.com forward slash story 98. Now, if I was where I am today, and this is going to make much more sense to you in just a minute, but I wanted to communicate this. If I was 
where I am today, the title of that session would not have been Tripping Over, and again, keywords, financial independence to get to dollars. It would have been more like missing being a millionaire for a few affiliate commissions. Missing being a millionaire for a few affiliate commissions. That would have probably been the title of that session, and I'll explain in much more detail here just in a second, but but stay with me and remember this because it's important. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a whole underworld of money games and high-yield investment programs and just a whole underworld of these MOM money games, money grabs that most people involved in this profession are not even really familiar with. Uh, but there's a lot of that in this profession and they go from deal to deal to deal to deal to deal. I've got one uh, guy that I worked with five, six, seven years ago out in Washington state. And I can guarantee you every, at least two to three times uh, a month, he's going to send me the greatest instant income generating program he's ever seen. And it's not even traditional network marketing. I mean, it's not even, they're not even, it's just pure uh, games of chance. And I've met this guy. I like him. His wife was very cordial. He had a son at the time. He was on our team for a while. And just a real likable guy. But he is a junkie, a network marketing, high-yield investment, quick money grab junkie, and he's in that mode. And I don't even understand if he understands where he is and how credible business-minded people think about him. Uh, And maybe that crowd just hangs out and just, you know, does their thing and you know, you know, tries to find their affiliate commissions wherever they can. I don't know. I don't know. But that's the first type of person and our type of mindset that people have in this industry is just the opportunity seekers and the network marketing junkies. I know very few listen to this podcast. The third the second is social club members. The sad part about Social club members is a lot of people that start out with big dreams and hopes and desires in this profession end up accepting becoming a social club member. You know, I think Miss Long, if she's not careful, that's where she's going to end up because she loves the company, the product, the people. But she came into this business for big dreams, hopes, time with her grandchildren. And if she's not careful, she's going to fall into that social club trap. Uh, You know, the friends, the fellowship, uh, hanging around entrepreneur-minded people. It's one of the best benefits of this business. Number one is the person you must become. Number two is the friendships you develop. Uh, And I think a lot of people that when they start out and then they kind of start out and then it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be. They don't get the positive response they had hoped for. Then what happens a lot of times is these people end up 
kind of slipping into a social club mentality with their business instead of persisting through uh, the negative responses that they may have gotten in the beginning, which is not easy to do. But instead of having faith in the facts surrounding the company and the opportunity and the product, uh, they go into the marketplace and they're expecting people to have a, a more positive reaction than they get. And when they don't, good people, instead of just persisting through that and keeping their mind focused on the facts surrounding their compensation plan, their products, their leadership, then what they'll do is they'll tend to just still hang out and they're still kind of in the evaluation stage. They still haven't decided, hey, I'm going to give this a year and I'm going to go as hard as I can for one year because of those people. And many of you listening to me would fall in this category. If you can just decide, I'm going to give this one year and I'm not going to worry about the results. As Dexter Yeager said, the facts don't count. And I'm just going to do what I need to do and focus on income generating activities for one year. Then they would be off. They would, they, they would be, they would be, they would get it launched. But a lot of people fall back into this social club. Uh, they understand the power of the profession. But, uh, you know, Bob Chris said in Raising the Giant, most people that quit the business quit within the first 72 hours. Maybe they don't quit, quit, but emotionally, psychologically, their excitement drains because they go in the marketplace like a chicken with their head cut off. They talk too much. They're expecting everybody to jump on uh, this their their opportunity, and people are skeptical, and they they don't. And when they don't, it, you know, emotionally, psychologically, it drains their excitement and they might hang out on the conference calls or whatever for a while. But, but from a, a focus standpoint, a commitment standpoint, they're gone in 72 hours. And I mean, I've seen this happen so many times in this profession. It's just chilling because it's so predictable. Again, I can't tell you what one person will do, but I can tell you what 99 out of 100 will do. And if you have the if you're in that trap right now and some of you are, I know you are. Where you kind of lost your enthusiasm. I, look, I can remember looking back, I was talking to Dawn about this yesterday when I first saw residual income and saw the network marketing business model. I'm thinking, my gracious, I have an opportunity. I'm going to have a Porsche. I will have a Porsche. I bet in two years I'll have. I bet in one year. I bet six month, three months from now I'll be driving a Porsche. And I can remember distinctly having that conversation in my mind. I just knew that once people understood residual income, why would anybody want to spend forty years building somebody else's dream when they could do this? It, it just made so much sense to for me. And many of you know what I'm saying because you felt the exact same way when you started. But you also know some of you, many of you had immediate success and many of you didn't. And those that didn't have immediate immediate success, but you persisted and you are the superstars. You're the superstars. Those that don't are not able to have immediate success, but they still are able to focus on the facts around this opportunity and what it provides, what it can provide, and they persist it, you are the superstars in my mind. You're the ones that need to be high-fived. 
those that persisted through it because most people don't. Most people retreat into a comfort zone. They're still around, but they're in the comfort zone. They're not in the marketplace either doing it or not doing it as we talked about last week. So I am so fortunate and so thankful, and I've told this story many times, but, you know, after I first joined and, you know, I saw it, and the guy said, well, it costs $500 or $300 to join this, and I don't think you've got $300. And I said, I don't, but I can find it. I can get it. And I went and got my product and got started. And I remember coming home and driving back, and I was coming through the country, and I stopped at my aunt and uncle's house. I had my little Shackley catalog, and I knocked on their door, and I interrupted their dinner. And I told them, I've just started a business. Would you look at my catalog? And they ended up buying a jar of foot cream. I'll never forget it. My uncle Mike bought a jar of foot cream. It was $8, but it was at first sale. And then I went home and I browbeat and talked my parents into joining. And they gave me $25 for a kit. And then they casually mentioned it to somebody at church who mentioned it to another lady who absolutely was a bull in China closet and went and absolutely started selling products like crazy. And because of that chain of events happened is probably the only reason that I had to stay around because there was so much happening. I had to figure out what I'd gotten myself into. And I was one of the fortunate that that's the way it played out. Many people, it doesn't. So I get that as well. But if you're in a social club mentality understand be to thy own self be true understand where you are and understand that nothing significant will ever be accomplished if you're if you stay in that mode number three the third part type of mindset regarding mlm money mindset is the part-timer the part-timer mindset a lot of people get involved in this profession. They have true, huge upside potential, but they're just looking for an extra $500 a month to support their grandchild in college or to be able to take their husband out on a date night or to save for uh, a, a, a family vacation once a year. They're looking for part-time money. They're a part-timer. They come in for part-time $500 a month and be able to go on a family vacation to Disney World once a year or whatever. That's that's the game plan they enter the profession with. They have all the potential in the world many times, but they can never get out of the part-timer mentality. That's how they start. That's where they stay. And I personally don't believe there, that network marketing has anything to do with part-time income. I, I sincerely don't. I've always said it's about creating financial independence. I've always said if you and I believe if you want to make an extra part time income, there's other ways to do it that are much better. If you're looking for a side gig that you can start part time and maybe eventually work into a full time situation, that's cool. That's cool. I think most people that start network marketing should start on a part time basis. Absolutely. But I don't think it's a part time moneymaker. There's other easier, quicker, faster part-time money-making opportunities. You know, we cover tons of them over uh, on our website, over at online, 
uh, auctionyou.com. So I've never if that's been a consistent message from me for the entire time I've been in this profession, and I just believe it. I just don't believe there's any such thing as part-time network marketing. I think I did a whole podcast on well, I know I did recently. I don't have that in front of me, but I'll put it in our notes, show notes, uh, on this session. There is no such thing as part-time network marketing, but a lot of people are in that mindset. The fourth, and this was my mindset, is I, I got involved in network marketing for financial independence, for financial freedom. Financial freedom. I, I thought from day one, if I could ever get to $100,000 a year and not have a boss, how could life ever get any better than that? And my goal was to get out of IBM, have a new car, earn the company bonus car, and take my family to Hawaii. And that's my, that was my top three reasons. I was thinking about it every day. That's what drove me when I started. Uh, that was it. That was it. Financial independence, no boss. And becoming financially independent was my goal. And I will tell you today, and I want you to hear this because we're going we're to get into more detail here, but it's the worst goal a network marketing leader can have. Becoming financially independent is the worst goal a network marketing leader can have. Because what happens is once your reality surpasses your expectation, everything can get real incongruent real quick. It can get real incongruent real quick when your reality surpasses your expectation. Say, so, Dale, I'm not sure what you're saying. Here's what I believe. Instead of setting a goal to become financially independent, you know, I want to replace my income. You know, that was me. It's like I'm making, you know, this 30 years ago, I was making, what, 48000 or something. I don't even know. It's been so long ago. But I was making three or $4,000 a month uh, at IBM. And I thought if I could get to $5,000 a month, and I could leave, and I was working towards that five thousand dollars a month, five thousand dollars a month. If I can get there, then I maybe I can get to a hundred thousand one year sometime, and I can become totally financially independent. Uh, here's what I believe: there's a fifth mentality, and the fifth mentality, and you don't see it hardly at all today. But the fifth mentality is people get involved in network marketing to become a millionaire, to create wealth. It's not about financial freedom. There's a difference between a financial freedom mentality and a creating wealth mentality. Does that make sense? So a lot of people that got involved in network marketing in the early days to create wealth and become millionaires uh you know, they were very greed-driven, money-motivated people. And we've all seen that. 
and they didn't really understand that your long-term income is in direct proportion to the value that you provide to the market that you serve. They never really got that. And today, most people that have a real greed, money-motivated mentality are not attracted to network marketing, even though there's no business model I've ever seen that will provide people the opportunity to become wealthy, have the money, and also the time to enjoy it. So they end up becoming susceptible to get-rich-quick scams uh, because the network marketing business model moves too slow for them. Uh, many of these people get involved in network marketing uh, to become millionaires, to create wealth, but they were involved with companies uh, such as, that, like me, when I first started in the Shackley Corporation, where the the momentum had already come and gone, where the big money had already been made. It already been made. So they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's not that the network marketing business model couldn't have created and helped them become millionaires. It's just the fact they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. They didn't have all four of the stars lining up. And so, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people get involved in network marketing and you know, they have a little or or minimal success and then they end up, you know, moving to different business models, looking for quicker, faster, easier. And, you know, they'll end up becoming what we talked about last week, which is a new new buzzword, fake preneurs, fake preneurs. So if you're with me, to this point, I'm going to try to really drive this this home because it's it's really, really important. It's really important. Um, you, see, when all if you're with a company where all the stars have lined up, then the the go and and again, I believe the go should be if you want to build a business. Never think about becoming financially independent. Think about becoming a millionaire because financial independence is on the path when you become a millionaire. Does that make sense? I mean, if you're fo- – see, my focus was financial independence, financial independence. That was it. Once you get there, things can get real uncongruent and – you know, so once I got there, it's like I just kind of coasted for years. And, okay, so that that was the first – The I, I want to make sure I'm communicating this. So for me, National Safety Associates, we were making $20,000, $30,000 a month whether I, whether I got out of the house or not. Three fully qualified legs, over 10,000 people, three different countries around the world, and I made it. Okay, like I'm there. I'm at a quarter million dollars a year. I'm financially independent. 
And I was in that mode and enjoying every minute of it. I mean, really loving it. And I heard Jim Rohn, and I've said this many times. I've told this story, but I'll share it again real quickly. But I heard Jim Rohn say, everyone should strive to become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the person they will have to become in the process. And I can remember the day, the time, the hour that I decided I'm going to become a network marketing millionaire. I'm hoping for many of you, your day, time, and hour will be today, today, right? Like today. And I can promise you, when I consciously told myself and made that decision, I did not feel comfortable at all even expressing that to myself, as many of you won't feel that are listening to this. But I made that decision, and I just, to myself, I was like, I'm going to program my mind. He's right. You know, uh, I'm going to become a millionaire. Reality. The company I was with at the time, that was probably never going to happen. Because I didn't know it at the time, but they were getting ready to make some major shifts that, for me, personally, made no sense. Okay? And again, I've told this story so many times, but not like this, so I'm trying to really communicate. But So here I am. I'm, I'm in my backyard. I'm pouring concrete. I'm building this walkway uh, around the pool, and... I hear this. I got a Walkman strapped on. I hear Jim, Jim Rohn say what I've heard him say a hundred times at least, maybe a thousand before. Everyone should strive to become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the person you will have to become in the process. And it just hit me. I finally got it. You know, I, I, it takes me a while, but I got it. And that makes so much sense. And it's true. And it's what I need right now. And I made that decision to myself consciously, and I started telling myself the rest of the day, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. Now, what I didn't really understand at the time was the opportunity that I had that was probably not going to happen. Here's the truth. For most people that are saying that could say that. Because if the four stars aren't lining up, the opportunity to become a millionaire in network marketing, building a network marketing team, is just it just doesn't happen very often. And a lot of times people don't understand, this is real important, that here's how you become a millionaire in network marketing. Here's how you do it. Now, again, if you line up with the right company, everything's lining up, it, you stack the odds in favor, huge. But... Network marketing gives you the opportunity to make more money than you need to comfortably live, and then you can take that excess money and invest it in whatever, duplex, apartment buildings, hotels, Kobe Bryant rookie cards, Bitcoin, whatever is your thing. And then 
where your money is making you money. You know, it's just classic Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But see, most people get involved in network marketing wanting the company to pay them a million dollars a year or the company and making making that money in commissions. And it's and for most people it's in, in life and in any business, it's not from the commissions. It's from being able to create a money which you can invest into other income generating activities. Does that make sense? That's how you get there. So once I made the decision, then a few months later, the gentleman called me to develop the training program for a new company was starting, and that created the whole New Image International and going from zero to a $100 million organization that we built in five years with over, you know <sighs> – 200 full-time income earners and changing the lives of thousands and thousands of people. Now, here's the question. If I had not made that decision, pouring concrete in my backyard to become a millionaire, would the people place the circumstances to make that re- that that go a reality of coming to my life? Would the guy have called me? It's, and would the whole series of circumstances that happened after I made that decision in my mind, would it have ever happened? Well, we don't ever know. We don't know. But, you know, Think and Grow Rich, once you have clear defined goals, Earl Nightingale's talked about it. It's been talked about in multiple Wisdom of the Ages books. Once you make clear defined goals and you're willing to go to work, obviously, but you will attract the people, the places, the circumstances to make that go a reality. So, so we started a new image. Um, one point one million first year. Uh, three point three million third year. Three point five million in income the year after that. And what happened for me personally, it happened so quickly and it was so far beyond my expectations. I mean, my goal to become a millionaire was, again, to create income generating assets with the excess income. Um I wasn't expecting to make $3.3 million a year in commissions from my from a network marketing company. I wasn't expecting that. So what happens is when your reality so sur- far surpasses your expectations, it can become – it can create a very incongruent life. It's like all the people I went to church with. It's like Joe Walsh. What does he say? It's tough to handle this fortune and fame. Everybody's so different. I haven't changed. And, you know, we had infomercials that were being played all over the United States and Canada. And, you know, people would walk up to me in the airport. Are you the guy on TV? And, uh, you know, flying private planes uh, to events. Every week, I mean, I could go over to Raleigh and be back in the same night, you know, and flying on private planes and company limos and all. It was not congruent. 
with somebody that their wildest goal was financial independence. Does that make sense? And, and, and again, my whole life in network marketing, you know, like many of you, I've heard, you know, my life, um, um, money is the root of all evil. And that's not what it says. It says the love of money is root of all evil. And, and you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And, and, you know, my granddad was a laborer. My dad had a really good corporate job at IBM, but my dad really did well after he got out of IBM and got involved in something, you know, commission sales, selling parts to companies and, you know, where he got the, the the lid taken off of what a buyer at IBM could actually make. And, and again, I, I was raised in, you know, average America. I wasn't around a lot of wealthy people. You know, when you grow up in a town as a kid, a town of 400 people in a little dinky town in Kentucky, you don't, you see a lot of low level redneck entrepreneurs. And probably I've said many times at heart, that's really what I am. I'm a, I'm a, Buy, buy it and sell it and flip it and did that from the time I was, you know, catching night crawlers when I was five years old. So, so again, my my foundations were not congruent to becoming a millionaire. So when I made that decision, after thinking about financial independence for so long and then achieving financial independence and then once deciding to become a millionaire after the financial independence stage it came really quick and it was very uncongruent with the programming I'd had throughout my childhood and throughout my business career because my business career was always, if I could just get to $100,000 a year and not have to put up with a boss, life couldn't be any better. So all of a sudden you're flying in private airplanes, you're on TV, through infomercials, and all this stuff kind of happens, and you're building a 16,000-square-foot home on 100 acres and and all that it happened so fast, so quick, and it was just it was incongruent in a lot of ways. And so, when New Image blew up, it's like I just kind of coasted and coasted for many years, and and still tend to want to coast. But here's here's what I'm getting to, guys. In October, November, and I probably talked about this. I'm sure I did on this podcast of you know last year, October, November, about a year ago. Is that right? Yeah. I realized that you know I'd started the podcast, and it was a good move. And my foundational DNA comes from my mom and it, it's just like I need to help and support people and it's at an unhealthy level. It's not normal. I mean, I'm, most of you listening, most people, great people involved in network marketing have a desire to help other people, but mine is, it's, it's unhealthy. It's not normal. Let's put it that way. 
So back in October, November, a year ago, I, I realized I've got to ask myself better questions because I just need to ask myself better questions. How can you really provide the most value to the market that you serve? And I realize I don't like making money. I like making money as a merchant selling products, but I don't like making money uh, selling training programs to individuals that are not going to implement what they purchased. I don't like the opportunity seeker market at all. I don't. I don't like the shallowness of a lot of the uh, business opportunity pitches. And again, I'm just, I'm being as upfront as I can. So back in October, November, I spent a few weeks in my thinking time thinking about how can I increase my net worth by $5 million in five years? That's the question I asked myself. How can I increase my net worth by $5 million in five years? Now, that's that's an audacious question to ask. And, you know, I've heard people say, you got to set goals so big that unless God himself intervenes, you're bound to fail. And I love that. I mean, I, I'm trying to stretch my mind and think as big as I possibly can. And I, I don't care what it is. I just want to do what I'm supposed to do, support the people I'm supposed to support. And how can I increase my net, my net worth by $5 million in five years? And so from that, a whole series of things happen. Boom, boom, boom. Once I decided, you know, that's a goal. Increase your net worth five million five years. And then once that happened, once I made that decision, the people, places, circumstances, opportunities started coming to me. And you can believe it, not believe it, doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter to me. But I've had this happen before, and it started. It just started happening, and it was so much that it was like it, it got confusing. And for me, it's it's a, it's it's just about the game, you know. I understand why people spend their entire life making a lot of money and then giving it away, because it's really not about the money. It's about the journey. It's about becoming, as Jim Rohn said, the type of person a self-made millionaire is. But see. What happened for me is financial independence. I'm at the top, okay, millionaire. Uh, make that go. I'm at the top. So once once your reality surpasses your expectations, you've got to continue, continue to set new goals. And I've taught this myself that. Success is living your life working towards worthy goals. Once you reach those goals, Dale and everybody listening, and I'm talking to myself, once you reach those goals, you're no longer a success unless you set new ones. Success is living your life working towards worthy goals. Once you reach those goals, you're no longer a success unless you set new ones. And 
for many of us who were raised how we were raised and you know we can but for many of us based upon our understanding and self-awareness when when you're so thankful for the journey and what has already happened to set bigger goals seems selfish or greedy or like not worth the time and i have battled with that my entire entrepreneurial career my entire journey I battle with it. It's like, dang, Dale, I remember the first $10,000 check I got. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And then when it got to 30000 for a month, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my. And then it, I remember the first 50000 check. I, I, I remember the first 100000 And then you get to 300000 and your mind is just blown. You're, you're totally... Uh, not in sync with your programming. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So I'm trying to share with you personal experience here because what I'm getting ready to share with you here, and and I hope it's starting to resonate, but here's what I want you to understand. Here's Here's how you look at this game. You look at it from a standpoint, the goal is to be constantly increasing your net worth. That's the goal. See, when I was at IBM and I started and my focus was financial independence, if my focus had been I need a I need vehicle, a vehicle to grow my net worth every year, and then when I get a certain uh, age, I'm going to give all my money away. And I'm not saying you should, but I'm not saying you should create trust fund babies either. <laughs> uh, maybe trust fund grandkids. But but anyway, um, I, I really want you to get this point. If the game is net worth, then you can always stay in the game and play the game. If the, if your game is net worth, then you can stay in the game and play the game. If if it's a hundred thousand dollars a year, quit my job, then game's over. You won. If it's become a millionaire, game's over. You won. How do you keep the game going? Because I I. Because I didn't understand what I'm trying to communicate with you today. I drifted and just just drifted, just chilled for many, many years. Were because my game was over. The game was over. How do you keep the game going? I think some of you are feeling what I'm trying to communicate. And I am telling you what I've tried to share with you here. I would give anything if somebody had shared this with me when I started. And, you know, people did, but they didn't at the level that I'm trying to communicate it. And I knew what they were saying. And I agreed. I heard, agreed. And I continued to do what I always done the way I'd always done it, which is what most people do. I didn't understand it at the deep level that 
I I finally am at with this whole concept. So October, November last year, how can I increase my network five million dollars in the next five years? And it took me down several different paths, but one of those paths is you aren't spending too much time worrying about a seven dollar affiliate commission and you aren't tripping over dollars to get to financial independence. See, your mindset at which you're approaching your entrepreneurial journey is critical. It's really critical. So I hope some of what I've said has really resonated with you guys. I mean, y'all, you know, you can comment here on, on the podcast, wherever you're hearing it. You can, you can, you can reference and leave comments on this session or any session from that matter. But this is really, really important. If you're going to build a network marketing team, yeah, you know, I can remember Jim Burke years ago. Some of you have heard me talk about this audio program many times. It was called Break the Barrier, and he was talking about it. You know, he was talk he ta- he talked about it back then, but not at the level that I needed to be able to really understand. And again, sometimes you have to travel the road and look back before you understand what the road was all about. But Jim Berg talked about, you know, the biggest problem people have is they think too small. They think too small. So if you're going to build a network marketing team, then in my mind, your goal, and again, I've talked about this with the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy members, you know, you know, once you go full-time, go through a toy stage, get that out of your system, you know, you know, buy the car you wanted, buy the watch, whatever that is, go through a toy stage, get it out of your, get it out of your system. After you've paid off all debt, go through a toy stage, get the toy stage out, then decide where you want to live, what your living condition is going to be, and then work on not having any kind of uh, house payment or whatever. And then, you know, work on income generating assets because you've, I've said it many times, you've never made it into, in this profession until you don't need the check from your company to live a comfortable lifestyle. You don't. You don't, you haven't made it until you don't because you have income generating assets. So what I've discovered and what I've finally come to the conclusion. And again, I've had a lot of deep seated uh, limiting beliefs over the years because, again, my reality so surpassed my expectations and I didn't know how to deal with it. But I really believe if your focus is on increasing your net worth and you make that the game, then you can stay in the game as long as you choose to stay in the game. You can stay in the game. You, you, don't, you don't have to worry about, oh, I hit it. I'm out of the game. you got to learn how to stay in the game. And I'm talking to those that are productive, you're growing, your business is moving forward. I'm talking to leaders right now. I'm not talking to people that are scared to do a three-day follow-up call. I'm, that's a whole other That's a whole other group of people where, you know, they're bound by fear. I'm talking about those that you're out there, you're getting it done. You're getting it done. 
for those of you that are getting it done, the best advice that I will give you is make net worth the game. I wish I'd done that because it would kept me from just kind of coasting for so many years and, you know, wanting to get back in the game, but feeling guilty because I'm wanting to get back in the game or want, you know, and just, I, I mean, and doing other businesses, but it's like, you know, you can make, you can make six figures from six different businesses, Dale, in the same year. I mean, so it's like, again, you got to sort through this based upon where you are, where you want to be, and and try not to have mindsets that are limiting you. So we'll just wrap this up, guys. I hope this has made sense for you. And I'll ask you, just in ending it, what is your MLM mindset right now? Uh, because there's possibility there's just some opportunity seekers, you know, chasing pennies that have found this podcast. There's people that are listening to this podcast are involved in or have a social club mindset for multiple different reasons. Some have a part-time part-timer mindset. They've always had a part-timer mindset. The, 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 the trap, the trap, which I was in for years, is the financially independent mindset. Some of you have a financially independent mindset. And then some of you that have a financially independent mindset, you need to change that today to I'm going to become a millionaire. And understand that once that happens, then the go from that point forward is to increase your net worth. If I'd had the mentality from the beginning to become a millionaire, and after I become a millionaire, to, to increase my net worth, uh, things would have been a lot different for me. And it, there would have been much more congruency, and I wouldn't have wasted time, energy, and effort. And I don't really feel like I wasted it, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't at, at the focus and the level that it could have been and maybe it should have been. You know, I've I've had a lot of great memories, spent a lot of time with a lot of phenomenal people in my family, and it's life's been good. It's been phenomenal. But the, I'm really looking forward to the next five years because of a decision I made about a year ago. So I just want to encourage you to think about developing a becoming a millionaire mindset. And if you're with a company right now, where all four of the stars have lined up, then that's a worthy go. And it's a worthy go because it can happen. Uh, I hope this has helped some of you. I hope it spoke to some of you. Thank you for listening. This is Dale Calvert. I'll be back with you uh, next week on another session of the MLMSuccess.com podcast. And remember, just remember, when your focus is on building net worth, you can always stay in the game. And the thrill, the thrill, I promise you, it's in the journey. It's not reaching the destination. Enjoy your journey. We'll talk next week.
If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, wisdom of the ages training, or answers to your questions.